Hello, welcome back, and happy belated Hanukkah. We can't believe that Hanukkah has come and passed, and we are 11 days until Christmas, and only 18 days until 2019. We've had quite a year here at the CCO Buzz, and have a lot to celebrate, like continuing a conversation on conflicts of interest with Core Compliance's CEO, Michelle Jacko. So let's not delay and jump right in. A third area to consider are gifts and entertainment. Consider whether the conflict of giving a gift or providing entertainment is perceived to be a bribery for doing business with your firm or that individual. A lot of times what we see are individuals who failure to adhere to the firm's gift reporting policy. They may not think that taking someone to a sporting event is gift or entertainment or require preclearance. It depends on the facts and circumstances which should be evaluated by compliance. We also see situations where there's inadequate supervision or potential conflicts, such as failure to conduct email surveillance whereby the gift or entertainment could have been detected, or failure to timely assess employee reports. So for example, while gifts and entertainment are being reported, the firm is still unaware of the aggregation of gifts and entertainment to a client by multiple departments or employees. So for example, if your policy states that you will not provide a gift or entertainment exceeding $150 or $250 for a client per year, that aggregation of multiple departments giving those gifts have not been considered. They're only looking at that point of what the gift is and what the value is. Finally, the fourth conflict that we commonly see are political contributions, whereby you have a conflict of pay-to-play. As you're aware, the SEC and states have adopted laws to prevent pay-to-play, whereby the goal is to promote transparency and fairness in the governmental decision-making process and avoid undue influence. Contributions generally include gifts or subscriptions, loans, advance or deposit of monies, or anything of value made in connection with that election of a federal, state, or local election. And generally, firms don't prohibit the political contribution, but rather have maximum limits for state and local elections. So for example, that individual can contribute up to $250 um, for a candidate. Oftentimes, where we see the conflict is that the firm and its employees cannot make political contributions for the purpose of obtaining or retaining advisory contracts. So in order to mitigate that conflict, the firms would require preclearance prior to the employee making a political contribution and require quarterly certifications um, by that employee that no political contributions have been made outside of the scope of the firm's policy. Common deficiencies would include firms that fail to supervise political contributions, firms that fail to have sufficient internal controls such as strong policies in this area or failure to consider a look back provision for the prior two years. Um, So for example, uh, if you have a new employee that's onboarding that happens to make a political contribution in excess of what the state or local limits are and you accept a, a government contract in that regard, the firm must provide advisory services free of charge for the next two years if you violate that policy. So at this time of year, it's a good idea to evaluate your conflicts, to ensure that they are mitigated or eliminated, and of course, to disclose them appropriately in the forms ADV and other client disclosure documents. 
For more information about considerations related to conflicts of interest, we invite you to contact us at area code 619-278-0020 or at info at corecls.com. Thank you. Well, that's it for this week's episode. If you'd like additional information, please check out our website at www.corecls.com. You can also follow us on Facebook, LinkedIn, or Twitter at CoreCLS. Thank you, and we hope you tune in to next week's episode of the CCO Buzz.